Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a new, I guess you say, season of Cooking in Real Time. My name is Zora O'Neill, and we're embarking on the third season of this. Last year, I did a little bit of quarantine cooking, and this year... The theme, I suppose, is food inspired by places I've traveled, things I can eat in lieu of traveling, as we're all still pretty grounded. And I am very open to suggestions as well. I'll say right here at the top, uh, if you are hankering for something you ate on some trip somewhere and you really want to recapture that and you're not sure how to cook it, please write to me and we'll figure it out and I can do a show about it. So... My email is on the website at cookinginrealtime.com. You can email me at zora at cookinginrealtime.com. And with all those preliminaries out of the way, I will say what we're cooking today. Tonight, it's gotten a little bit late. But what we're going to do is koshery, which is a way of traveling to Egypt. Koshery, I think I kind of big on Instagram like the last couple of years because it's vegan. So you might have heard about it. If you haven't, Or you might have heard about it because you've been to Egypt. If you haven't heard about it, I'll tell you. It's rice and lentils. Then usually there's um, at least one kind of pasta, one kind of little noodle. Sometimes two. Sometimes you get little like tube noodles and fried vermicelli. And then sometimes you even get chickpeas. And then a really tangy, a little spicy if you want it, tomato sauce goes on top. And then it's all topped with crispy onions. And... If you go eat it in Egypt, you can sort of go through the line and you can kind of say what ratios you want of everything. Like, oh, I want extra onions or I want extra lentils or whatever. And then that comes to you at your table. And at the table, there's usually a bottle of vinegar with chopped garlic and cumin and salt and some chili sometimes. Or is that separate? It's been so long. It's terrible. I can't recall. And that goes on top. So you get a strong garlic vinegar cumin hit on top of it all. What I'm going to cook is how my friend Mito's mom taught me what she cooks at home, which is a little bit streamlined. Like already, if you're thinking about how to cook this, it's probably occurring to you that it sounds like a lot of pots. Like, oh, rice and lentils and pasta. So what she does is rice and lentils cooked together which is gonna be one of these great timing tests. We'll see how it goes. I'm not in the habit of doing this, so we'll see how that goes. And then I'm gonna boil a little bit of pasta separately, fry some onions, and do the tomato sauce. And what my friend Mito's mom does is, instead of having the whole separate bottle of vinegar and garlic and stuff, she mixes that into the tomato sauce at the end. So, We're gonna do that, should be pretty straightforward. I am clearing the decks here in the kitchen. Peter was nice enough to come and tidy up a lot of dirty dishes, Um, but the cutting board is still a little schmutzy. So I'm just straightening that up because you always wanna start with clear decks if you can. It helps helps with the thinking. So washing my knife. So in terms of timing, You'll notice I have not mentioned a vegetable or anything like that. I mean, I think in this case, tomatoes are vegetables. Ordinarily, when you would have this in Egypt, that's all you'd have is that the restaurant sells koshery and nothing but koshery. And maybe there is, maybe there's like 
rice pudding um, as a dessert if you want, but that's not like part of this balanced meal. You're really relying on the on the tomatoes. I think if we got some cucumbers, maybe I'll have some cucumbers on the side. Um, my friend Mito's mom says it needs to be served with pickled eggplants and pickled peppers. So we have pickled peppers. I think that's to kind of cut through the starchiness a little. So we're gonna, in terms of timing, we're gonna do the rice and the lentils first, which really means we do the lentils first because I think they're gonna need they're gonna need about 10 minutes more than the rice. And the kind of lentils I'm talking about are brown lentils. This is very important. If you use the pink lentils, which are just lentils with their skins off. If you use the pink lentils, they just turn to mush immediately. So you want brown lentils with their skins on. And I've got about a cup here, so we'll start with that. And I'm putting them in the pot that I usually, I just dump them in there. Let me give that a little rinse. Always a good idea to, to rinse your lentils and give them a little swish. Keep an eye out for, I hate to get any little pebbles or something. It's, it's, and occasionally there's like little bits of chaff and stuff. So just give it a quick rinse. And I'm gonna put in, this is the other thing, it's not just timing, it's water volume. So normally lentils you want like, hmm, I'm gonna do double the water for the lentils. So I'm doing equal parts lentils and rice. Lentils usually take two to one water. I'm gonna put in three little, I'm gonna do three to one water and hope that all works out. That looks really liquidy though, I'm nervous. We can always add more water later. I'm scooping that back out. <laughs> it's one part lentils to two and a half parts water. And they are in there. And I'm turning the heat up, putting the lid on. rice here ready to go and I'm gonna turn on the timer so let's say the lentils you still want them nice and firm let's say the lentils will cook for total time 20 minutes the rice is probably only gonna take about 15 because it's a short grain rice so let's just give the lentils about five minutes and I'm actually setting a timer because I have been really spaced out I used to pride myself on having good internal sense of time and stuff like that, and pretty much lost it this whole last year. I just got out the, the big mortar and pestle I have for the garlic and cumin and stuff. I'm gonna pound that up in the mortar and pestle. You could chop it up also, and you could like squeeze it through a garlic press, you do not have to be this thorough as I'm doing, but I feel like I'm gonna do it because I just read the notes from when I was cooking with Mino's mom and she did it in a mortar and pestle. So I'm gonna do it too. And we're gonna think of her in Egypt. Okay, I'm doing one, two, three. We want, oh, that's right. She puts a little garlic in the, directly in the rice and lentils. So we want, you know, one or two cloves for that. We want a couple cloves for the sauce itself. 
And then we want a little extra for the topping. So I'm doing two, four, six cloves of garlic. Oh, what the heck, one more for luck or whatever. One more garlic clove for the pot. And just crunching these with the side of the knife. If you crunch them hard enough, then they get nice and broken up and part of the work is done for you. Um, I'm going ahead and doing the garlic first for the tomato sauce. And then the other like hard labor thing is frying the onions. So I kind of want to get the garlic a little bit squared away and then I'll slice up the onions too while I'm here at the cutting board. Crunch, crunch, crunch. I'm cleaning the cutting board off immediately. There's nothing more annoying than the tiny little bits of garlic skin getting everywhere and sticking to things. Because, you know, the garlic juices get your fingers a little sticky and the next thing you know. And I'm over here now checking how much my lentils are boiling. So I am turning that down. Oh, it's only got another minute and a half on the clock. Interesting. Yeah, you're living through a real-time experiment here. All right, I'm dumping the garlic in the mortar and pestle. We want, like I said, some cumin in there. And I'm putting in, I like it cumin-y, but we can also adjust different things. I put in about a teaspoon of ground cumin, and this is pretty freshly ground and pretty coarsely ground, so I don't feel like I need a lot. We can always add some later. And big pinch of salt, kind of like in all four fingers and thumb pinch, as opposed to the smaller pinches. I'm just gonna rough Very satisfying. So this is a very large mortar and pestle. It came from Thailand. It's one of those like big black granite stone things. I do not recommend, if you only have one of those tiny little white ceramic ones, this, that seems like a lot of annoying work. But this is so heavy that these things are pretty well squashed now. This is not like a paste, it's more of a, of a coarse texture. Almost ready to put the rice in here. Measuring out. There we go. There we go. <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna put this in and trust. Trust, trust, trust. And I'll set the timer again to come look at it and check on the water level. I probably have put in maybe too little water. We'll see. Okay, here we go. And let's check in another seven minutes about the water. And I remember to press the button on the timer. That's another challenge. I'm gonna leave the cumin out in case we need to adjust. We have the garlic stuff ready to roll. The other tedious thing, like I said, is the, the onions. So I'm gonna go ahead and have those chopped up. 
and then we can move over to the stove. So I'm doing, I like fried onions and then when you fry them, they really cook down. So I'm doing a medium onion and a slightly smaller one. So right before I started this, I was chatting with a friend of mine, a Syrian guy who cooks a lot. I was complaining that frying onions is a hassle and um, he was full of advice. He was like, make sure you slice thin and very consistently. And he said to use a neutral tasting oil, but not olive oil. I don't even know if we have such a thing. Like we're such a, an olive oil household. You might have to disregard him on that front. Just still peeling these onions. You'd think that after like cooking pretty much every night for the whole last 10 months, like we hardly ever order out or anything. You'd think I'd be really good at things by now, but in fact, I feel like I'm getting worse. Anyway, onions, slicing them. I think I'll do them, I'll do them in little half rings. They just look prettier. So my friend with tips, neutral oil, slice really thin and consistently, I think I'm already screwing it up. Um, there was a fat slice in there. Anyway, oh, and his third big tip was to not crowd the pot. Oh, fourth big tip is the one I hadn't thought of. He said that they keep cooking once they're out of the oil, so take them off a little bit. So I'm saying it now to remind myself. The only problem with slicing onions in little half rings is that it's hard to deal with the ends of them. They get very unstable. And if you somehow lost your knife skills, like I seem to have, it's risky. Risky at the end. Protect your little fingers. Slice evenly. Now tuck your fingers in. All right. And don't be tempted to skip the fried onions because you really need something with the crispy counterpoint to all this sort of soft and squidgy, starchy stuff. This cooking koshery was inspired, first of all, by talking to another podcaster, and we were reminiscing about, about Egypt. Uh, it's a little video chat show I did back in December called Last Life Ever. We were talking about cooking then as well, come to think of it. Koshery came up, and then, not long after that, uh, I saw a picture on Twitter, I think, of Instant Koshery, which is a product that has apparently been developed in the last few years, uh, like, you know, like ramen noodles, cup of noodles, like, just pour in boiling water, and voila, and if you're wondering, like, why... If you can get instant koshery, why am I going to all this trouble? I'm on my last little half of onion now. If you can just buy cup noodles, then why am I doing this? Especially because I bought those cup noodles. The instant koshery, it's called Teak Teak brand. I ran right out after seeing this picture and uh, bought myself my very own cup of noodles and lentils and rice and spicy powder. 
and it wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. Like if you're gonna go find this product and cook it, I would recommend mixing up the little spicy tomato flavor powder in a separate cup and drizzling that all over. Instructions say just to pour it all in and mix it with the water, but I feel like it would dilute that a little bit and it might end up a little bit tasteless. So that's my little side tip about the instant kosher is like mix up the tomato stuff separate and then stir it in and be very, be very short with the water. Well, we're checking on the lentils and rice. Well, I don't think it needs more water and the lentils actually are looking pretty darn done. So I'm actually gonna leave the, leave the lid off to the side. Oh, and I just, we're just down to the timer again. So what was that, seven minutes? We've got seven minutes on the rice, 12 minutes on the lentils, and they're looking pretty done. I think we want to do it for another five minutes and check again. And I'm just letting a little bit of the liquid out there. And I'll keep an ear, because it does sound like the water's cooking down. What do we got? We got our onion sliced. We have our garlic and cumin and salt mashed up. And now, we need our tomato sauce. Let's get that going. In the end, what's gonna take time is frying the onions. But that's also something that just takes full-on attention. That's why I call it a hassle, because you can't be doing much else. You have to keep an eye out. So let's start here. Turn on the heat on our skillet. I chose a stainless steel skillet instead of my usual cast iron because using tomato sauce and vinegar. We don't want it reacting. Um, I just have to remember where we keep our can opener so I can open my can of tomatoes. All right, here we go, here we go. So I have a big can of whole peeled tomatoes and we're just gonna squash those up. If you have I think this might be a case where if you have, you know, they sell canned tomato sauce or tomato puree rather, that might be perfect for this. The ideal sauce is actually smooth and not chunky. And my friend's mom used fresh tomatoes, if I remember right. I kind of let them cook down. Putting in a little glug of oil there into my skillets. And I don't know if you can hear, but that's the lentils and rice bubbling like the water is pretty much cooking away. Once I get this garlic on, I'm gonna check on that real quick. So I'm scooping out, oh, I forgot what Mito's mom said to put some of the garlic in the lentils and rice. So I'm gonna put that in now and stir it up just so it gets exposed to some heat and it gets the flavor through there and it gives me an excuse also to check the texture here. Hmm, a little um, toothsome. The rice could actually cook a tiny bit more. I'm gonna put just a little drizzle of water in and put the lid back on. And probably the timing is not bad. All right, we want a little, another spoon, spoonful of uh, garlic and stuff, garlic and cumin, and I'm putting that the skillet here. Mino's mom specifically said just cook it quick. Don't let it, it doesn't need to brown. It just needs to warm up like you're 
you kind of want the, the really bright garlic flavor. Ideally, I would have had crushed tomatoes, but I don't. So now there's a little bit of work here of just chopping these guys up. Just doing that with a wooden spoon. If you have a high walled pot, you could just reach in and squash them with your hands, which is a little messy, but also faster, but I'm not gonna risk that with this low-walled low skillet. That would be absolute folly. The other thing, oh, so that was, was 12 minutes on the rice. It would be funny to go back and listen to this and see how much I lost track of time. Mm, okay, I'm tasting now. Lentils are needing that still kind of firm. I am going to add a little more water. So this is coming up total to about three parts water to one part each rice and lentils. And then I'm going to reset the timer for three minutes. And then obviously it's going to sit for a while. We have to let this tomato sauce finish cooking and we have to fry the pesky pesky onions, uh, which I shouldn't build up as such a drag. It's probably going to be easier than I'm imagining. Another thing you could do, which I'm kind of tempted to do, chop up these, these uh, tomatoes. I'm just going in with kitchen scissors and slicing them up. You could, if I had had any forethought, I might have dumped these in the blender and whizzed them up. That would have been a great thing to do, but I didn't think of it. So here we are with this weird kitchen hack using these slightly weird scissors, but I use kitchen scissors a lot. Like if you have, if you just want some herbs over stuff at the end and you've cleaned everything up and you don't want to get your cutting board again, just like snip, 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 snip directly over the pot or over the plate with your scissors. That's probably what I use them for most, but also this kind of intervention where you don't want to stick, stick a knife in or your hands in. Anyway. All right, we will let that, that is still chunkier than I would like, but we'll just let it simmer for a while and then maybe things will break up a little more easily later on. I'm leaving this uncovered because there's a fair amount of liquid and I want it to cook down. So I'm turning it up down to a simmer. Well, we do still need to, oops, smash. We do still need to smash things. That was me cleaning off the stove. We need to boil a little bit of water and boil the pasta. Also, I am not organized enough to put the pasta in that pot and have it cooked through. Definitely not that organized. I don't even know if such a thing is possible. I'll put that on a back burner and some salt. I didn't put salt in the lentils and rice, but there is the garlic that has a decent amount of salt in it and cumin. So 
we'll put that on the back burner boil. I've got little short pasta in Greek, they're called kofto. They're like, they're tube noodles that are cut really short. Um, oh, here we go, here we go. What was that, three more minutes? That brings it up to 15 minutes on the rice. Oh, and it's starting to stick here on the bottom. So, better be done. Mm. Okay, I won't say that is the optimal texture. And in fact, it's a little bit wet, but I'm just gonna take it off the heat, turn off that. And what I'm doing is to absorb a little bit of the extra moisture is I'm putting a kitchen towel over the top of the pot and then putting the lid on top of that. And then just sort of fold the corners down. And then you have this sort of reverse cozy. I don't know. I'll put a picture on the on the um, website. I think any other time I've cooked rice, I've done the same thing and described it. But putting that dry towel in there, it's a trick I learned in Turkey, actually. And um, it just, the dry towel sort of absorbs all the extra steam that's coming off there. I'm just moving this way back off the stove to get it out of the way or toward the back of the stove. Okay, we have the tomato simmering. We have water set to boil to do the little bit of pasta. I'm not doing fried vermicelli, but I recommend it. Like it is good and extra texture. Now, could it be? Is it time to fry onions? I think it is. All right. Getting a skillet out. So let's see, what do we need? We need a plate to put the fried onions on. Especially if I do anything. Um, so I'm just tidying up a little bit. Bring the onions over here to our space next to the stove. And, oh, do we have a neutral oil? I think we're just gonna use olive oil, which is, oh wait, yeah, there's some. Oh no, that's peanut oil. Um, peanut oil is very good for frying because it reaches a high temperature, but it also tastes really peanutty. I think I want that. Oh wait, there's some canola oil. All right, haven't been, haven't used it in a while, so I did smell it to make sure it hadn't gone rancid. So anyway, at least like canola oil is cheap and I can, Put in a good slick there. Hmm. I would say like you're not deep frying the onions, but you also don't want a shortage of oil in the pan. Let's get a plate here and put some towels on it and get a little skimmer ready. What do we use for skinning? A little strainer, something that you can lift all the, all the onions out with. So my friend with the tips on onion frying, like I said, said don't crowd the pan, do it in batches, which I think is another mistake I make. I got very impatient with this stuff and I'm like, it doesn't matter. They're all getting brown, who cares? But 
when you want things crispy, you don't want the pan crowded because everything's giving off a lot of moisture while it's cooking. And then that moisture is just making everything like soft and limp. So you want to give things space to let their moisture evaporate quickly. So we might have to do this in, given the heap of onions I sliced up, which was maybe a little ambitious, given that, I'm gonna say we might even have to do this in like three batches, four batches. Put in a little onion to check how things are going. I think you can hear it is sizzling nicely. So just putting these in in like a thin, even layer. I would say that's maybe, I don't know, half a cup of onions at once. All right, stop, stop, stop. Three, I think we can do them in about three batches. All right, and now commence annoyingly poking and waiting and shifting from foot to foot and being like, are they done yet? Are they done yet? But you can hear things are getting quite vigorous. I've got the heat on about medium. Whenever you're frying stuff, the heat will drop a bit when you put things in to be fried, and then it'll come back up to temp. So um, you kind of want to, you'll end up wanting to bring the heat down usually a tiny bit after a little while, not immediately. So we're just kind of keeping your eye on things. I'm going to turn the heat up a tiny bit on my tomato sauce because it hasn't like changed dramatically. It's gotten a little bit darker and a tiny bit thicker, but I'm turning it up because now I'm like, everything's going to be done and we're going to be waiting on the tomatoes. So I'm rushing that along a tiny bit and I'm trying to distract myself from staring at these onions. This reminds me why I don't fry things very often, because it just, you can't do anything while you're frying things. It's deeply unsafe. Uh, I will, however, put the rice away. This one thing I can do without taking my eye off stuff too much. Right, right. Things are starting to color around the edges. All right, nice. Would be nice if my friend was here to tell me when to pull them. Because this is the other thing is I do often end up over frying onions and then they get too dark and then they're like bitter. This is very distinct from caramelizing onions, by the way. Caramelizing is like low and slow and you can crowd the pan and let them steam, which is really good and it makes them soft uh, and kind of smooths things along and and you don't end up burning them. But here, the goal is crispy, crispy, crispy. So I'm just sort of poking them around a little bit. The thing about learned in these 10 months of home life is that our cast iron has some really weird hot spots on it. So I'm just sort of stirring the onions around to give them a chance in different spots. Oh, and the water on the back burner is boiling for the pasta. So let's put that guy in. Doing, doing two handfuls. Ooh, the onions are changing color. Um, I, think, I think these are like a nine minute pasta, so since we're using timer, let's 
do that. Okay, onions are browning. Some of these are browning more than the rest. I'm stirring more to sort of even it out. Making better. All right, these are looking pretty good. Hopefully, hopefully it's true. My friend said that they keep cooking. Kind of golden brown. There are a few that are darker than others. I don't want them getting too dark. Oh yeah, they definitely keep going. That's so cool. I'm really glad he said that. Learn something new every day. Or, you know, maybe learn it and forget it and learn it again. So now the oil is hotter than the first batch. You can hear it really going to town there. So I'm going to turn it down. It's barely diminished by me adding the second batch of onions. There are a few little stragglers. Should have been a bit more careful there to get all the stragglers from the first batch because of course those are going to get singed like crazy. So I'm just doing a little correction there, scooping those out. Oh yeah, now we're rolling. Oh, yes, this is so cool. So cool, the onions definitely browned up a tiny bit more after I took them out and they're looking really nice. So now I just have to remember that lesson for this batch and the next one. And these are definitely cooking a little bit faster. All right, how's our tomato? Now you're probably like, this seems like a weird amount of work for a bowl full of starch. And honestly, that's probably why people eat it in restaurants a lot in Egypt. But it is, I was surprised actually when I, my friend's mom was like, oh, do you wanna know how to cook? What do you wanna know how to cook? And I was like, I don't know, everything you normally cook. And she mentioned koshery, and I was like, oh, you really actually do make it at home, because it does seem like a hassle. She was like, oh, yeah, definitely, you know, a comfort food thing. You know, if you're, like, running a, running a kitchen for a family, you can do all kinds of efficient things. Make extra rice. Use leftover rice. We actually had some leftover rice tonight that I could have started with. And I didn't because I was curious about working out the temperature, or I mean the timing. So for you, my friends, we are trying new things. Um, next batch of onions. So I just mashed that kind of thunk, thunk, thunk noise with me chopping up those tomatoes a little bit more with the side of my wooden spoon. That noise. Maybe I was being discreet. Another thing you could do that I'm not going to do because we don't have one, but you could do like you do this in a bigger pot and maybe use a stick blender and puree it at the end if you wanted a smoother sauce. I, looking at it now, I'm like, you know, it's going to be rustic and that's all there is to it. It's not going to be a restaurant kind of sauce. It's going to be a home sauce. All right, onions. 
they're just starting to get a little color. We've got four minutes left on the pasta. Oh, I should get a thing up to strain the pasta while we're looking for ways to distract the onions. We're getting very close on the second batch of onions. When I put the next batch in, I'm gonna look in the fridge and um, see if we do have any cucumbers. Because I am thinking we want something fresh and raw on the side. Yeah, usually for these episodes, like I cook a whole dinner, you know, a main thing on the side and maybe a couple side things. But, you know, kosher is kosher. So, and standards are slipping in month 10 of the quarantine. God, yeah, month 11. Um, I came back from Spain on March 11th last year. And that was pretty much it, pretty much it. We've been very fortunate here in New York. Personally, I mean, New York as a whole has been screwed, but personally, we're in a pretty okay position here in our house. Both Peter and I know how to cook and kind of like cooking, so it's been pretty, pretty okay. Mm, these guys are getting brown. Are we getting into the window of perfectly brown? And they'll keep cooking? I think we are. I think we are. I'm going to start scooping them out. Oh, my friend who was giving me the onion tips said to send him photos. And I'm like, oh, what's he going to think of these? Did they get too dark? Let's see. Okay, again, trying really hard to get all the last little nubby bits out so they don't burn. And this last batch is pretty scant. stragglers should have been more careful this is maybe a job for um this would be a perfect job if i weren't on like the last two i would be getting out chopsticks that would be the ideal thing to be scooping them out with okay and that beeping is pasta being done Ooh, I should have stirred this a little better. They're a little clumped together. That's okay. We're not like being snooty, super perfect, al dente, Italian-y, whatever. So we'll just leave those in their little strainer until we assemble so they can just stay in the sink right there. Mm, oh yeah, what did I say? Cucumbers, cucumbers. Friends, just gonna slice up one cucumber. One of these mid-size, mid-size cucumbers. And we'll just have those on the side. So actually, I can't help but 
every time I look at a cucumber, get your mind out of the gutter, I think of a time I was in Egypt and I was walking down the street and a guy was standing on the sidewalk with a cucumber because I don't know why, I guess he was just about to eat it. And I walked by and he was like, Hyar, which is the word for cucumber. And then, you know, waved the cucumber at me and like made me repeat it. So every time I see a cucumber, I remember the Arabic word for cucumber and like the random dude on the sidewalk who took it upon himself to make sure I knew the word, which is kind of one of the fun things about learning Arabic. <laughs> People do that all the time. They're, I have a small set of words that have been stuck in my head through those kind of interactions. All right, I was neglecting the onions while I was slicing up the cucumber. Cucumber is just gonna sit on the side with a little salt, like seriously nothing else, um, because there's gonna be vinegar in the tomato sauce, and you know, we don't need plenty of other flavor happening. Oh, I'm gonna put a little, I'm gonna put a little chili directly in this sauce. Um, the onions are getting really close, by the way. This is slight folly for me to turn away. Ooh. Okay, I'm putting just a couple pinches of hot red pepper in there, just because I know both Peter and I like it spicy. He likes it spicier than me, but it's a good baseline to start. Obviously, you can leave it out and have it be something people put on on the side that's totally typical in Egypt. Oh, these onions are definitely done. Yikes. The last bit, the last, it's like I didn't learn my lesson. The third batch of them um, did get darker than all the others. Even though I was well aware they keep cooking. They keep cooking. Okay, have the heat off on the oil. That's a great relief. Now we can turn back to our tomato sauce. And yep, we're gonna be happy with it being being chunky chunky. So what my friend Nito's mom does, her secret is putting in this last little bit of garlic and cumin and salt in at the very end along with vinegar. The only drag about this giant mortar and pestle is it weighs so much and I have just picked it up to move it over to the stove so I can scoop it out cleanly. Oh my god. <sighs> okay, that's done. Alright, just stirring in all this, all this garlic and uh, my friend's mom does not let it cook very long. She just said, I'm gonna bring it back up to temperature and let it cook a tiny bit until the holes, until you can see holes in the tomato sauce. And we do that, we have that. I have a little glug of red wine vinegar there. And that, you can hear, like it made it much quieter, brought the temperature down. So we just wanna bring it back up to temperature until it's bubbling nicely and we're seeing the little holes. That looks pretty good, pretty good. And you can also, stirring this, you can kind of 
sense that it has thickened up well. Okay, I'm gonna leave that simmering until the very last second while I got the bowls. It's nice. We have, you can hear them. Um, some nice melamine bowls that, nice melamine bowls that we got in Thailand. And it's kind of great because just the sound of them together makes me think of Thailand. I have some nice little plates too. I'm using these bowls because they're nice and wide. So it gives us, gives us room to kind of lay out the ingredients nicely. Oh, see, see, I pulled the lentils and rice here back up to the front. And they're looking pretty nice and fluffy, not too stuck together. And the lentils are a good texture. I mean, probably anybody who cooks this all the time would say this is not ideal, but I think for our purposes, it's great. So one interesting thing I read today while I was kind of comparing notes on kushere, it was somebody saying that Egyptians, like at least at home, don't want the rice to be all white. And so even if you don't cook the lentils and the rice together, often people will take some of the lentil cooking water and mix it in with the rice. So this like runs counter to uh, many, runs counter to Instagram cooking basically, because you end up with this dish that is very brown and it's just, gonna look browner when I put the crispy rice or crispy onions on but that's okay it's gonna taste great I'm doing a few big spoonfuls of the lentils and rice um, now the other thing worth knowing is that just plain lentils and rice and crispy onions it's called mujadara and is is a super duper comfort food over in the eastern Mediterranean and Lebanon and Syria so in a way we have potential for leftover mujaddara tomorrow. Putting some pasta on top. And finally turning off the tomato. I probably actually left that cooking longer than Mito's mom would have. Sorry, I'm already like eating here. I got kind of like <laughs> spooning on tomato. It does look beautiful. There are footsteps on the stairs. Peter is hearing the plating, the scraping and the plating. Mm, nice. It really looks nice. I mean, it's no Abu Tara or whatever your favorite Cairo place is. So, oh, Peter, do you want to tell your story about koshery in Egypt? It doesn't reflect great on Egypt, but Peter got very sick. One time he was in Cairo with me and then... And then after days of, a couple days of not leaving a room, Zora went to do her work and I had enough strength to get out of bed. And the friendly people at the Pensio in Roma uh, greeted me like Lazarus. And I slowly walked down the sun. It was a bright street. Of and course. before I walked to the New York Pace and passed Kyrene's, but this time I walked very slowly and Kyrene's passed me and I made my way to the koshery restaurant and they kind of recognized me and I got koshery and it was the first food I'd eaten in days <laughs> and it was a clean well-lit place and I had koshery and then I was fine. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Okay, we have some beautiful, beautiful stuff here. 
Those crispy onions are great. I did overcook the last batch of them. Did not learn my lesson. But overall, it's looking good. We have some bright green and fresh cucumbers. Oh, and we have, as Mito's mom advised, we have pickled peppers as well to eat on the side. She also said pickled eggplant. I don't have any pickled eggplant, but you might. I highly recommend. Anyway, that's all our business here tonight. Again, like I said, if you have suggestions for future dishes, things you're hungry for and you can't travel to get, please drop me a note and I would love to work on it. Oh, photos and recipes and all that usual stuff on the website at Cooking in Real Time. Thanks. Bye.